Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein. Your host, Tara Kennedy Klein, is out to dispel that myth of the perfect child and encourage parents to let them out of the box. Each child is unique, and this show is just the place to stand up and shout out that fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. So right now, join the queen of accountability who advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. Here is your host, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein. I am your hostess, Tara Kennedy Klein, and um, I am just really thrilled to have the guest that I have today. So um, I'm going to be bringing her on in just a minute. But I want to, uh, you know, I I have that thing that I do. And, you know, at the beginning of every show where I kind of talk about what's on my mind and what's going on in the news and stuff like that. And, well, isn't it kind of ironic that what's going on in the news is happening in my own hometown? So, <laughs> you know, um, last Friday, here's the thing. It's football season. I love football. Love me some New Orleans Saints. And, uh, you know, my son is an Eagles fan, but I'm okay with that. I let him, you know, have that one. But we aren't the crazy kind of football family. You know, we love football. We think it's a great sport. We think it's a wonderful opportunity to, you know, spend a Sunday afternoon together and, you know, eat all day and cheer and, you know, root for our home team and all of that great stuff. But it's not one of those things that we get absolutely crazy about. Um, and I know that there are a lot of high schools and colleges that it's, you know, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's, you know, it's their breath. It's what gives them life. And they put a lot into it. And uh, our high school football team this past Friday was in a very unfortunate part of that passion. And uh, a fight ensued on the field between our team and another team. And, uh, you know, punches were thrown first, and then it got crazy ugly. And, you know, a kid got hit in the head with a helmet, you know. Um, and after all of the craziness on the field, then kids started jumping off the bench and rushing the field to get into the fight. You know what, folks? This is where I get pissed off. My husband and I don't agree. We agree to a point. Um, I think if you were involved in that fight, you're off the team for the rest of the year. It was that kind of a fight. Kids ribs got bruised. Kids got smashed in the head with helmets. I mean, this was not just a pushing, shoving, name calling, you know, on the field combative situation. This was like people were really, really hauling off and hurting each other. That's not okay. You know, that that's not just um, emotions running wild. That's not just aggression um, on the field in an aggressive sport. I have to subdue and suppress my emotions a thousand times a day um, when I want to pummel the shit out of somebody. Our kids need to learn self-control too. It's not okay to allow that. And here's the thing. There's an investigation going on. And the kid who's taken the brunt of it is the last kid that you see hitting somebody when you watch the tape. He's the scapegoat 
because they're not going to kick all these kids off the team for the rest of the season because that would narrow their team by half and then they wouldn't win. And what we're teaching our kids is it's more important to win. It's more important to get out there and play the game and not get caught than it is to do the right thing and not fight in the first place. You know what, folks? We need to get it together. We need to start doing what's right and teaching these kids what's right instead of what gets us going and what we think is fun and exciting and acceptable. That's not acceptable stuff. If you want to get in on that conversation, you're welcome to go to my Facebook page and jump in. But understand, Big Daddy and I are on opposite sides of the coin on this one. He thinks that, you know, it's an aggressive sport and that's what's going to happen. I call BS on that. I say, teach these kids a lesson, put a stake in the ground and say, we're not going to tolerate this kind of behavior on a, on a high school football field, sports field of any kind. So I'd love to hear your opinions on that. And with that, I am going to introduce my awesome guest because this is a woman who um, works with people in their passions. <laughs> um, you know, she, she has, uh, she teaches the passion shift. Her passion shift is going from working mom to a passionate mom on a mission, which I absolutely love. Um, she teaches moms how to really embrace and enjoy and love the life that you have and bring more joy to it, which is awesome. Um, you know, hopefully she's going to help me shift out of this uh, space that I'm in because, <laughs> you know, I love my kids. And all I kept thinking about when I was reading that story is if somebody was beating the crap out of my baby out there on the field. You couldn't justify that with with a, with aggression or teenagers playing sports. Um, so I would love to know what, what my guest today, Karen Steele has to say about our opening rant. And, uh, and then we're going to get into some amazing shifting with her. So Karen, are you there? I am Tara. Hi, how are you? (laughs) I think you can tell. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's actually uh, funny that that's what you're talking about this morning because my husband and I were actually having a conversation about, you know, sports and competitive sports. Our daughter's about to turn six, and she's in a couple of, um, you know, of her own things that she likes to do. But at this age, there's already this pressure to, um, you know, start channeling them into this place of very competitive places in the sports and we're talking about how we felt about that because we're both we've both grown up as competitive athletes ourselves and I think something that came up for me when you were talking about what happened in your hometown that just sounds awful and I couldn't imagine watching that as a parent uh, is that we and it's something that I'm going to talk about today too and it's about rules or you know, beliefs that we create in our lives and what people Mm -hmm. tell us is okay or how it should be. And I think that's something that comes up with that issue is that we're told, well, it's, you know, competitive sport, it is aggressive, this is just going to happen. And that's just part of it. And then what you say is that, well, just because it's competitive sport, it's not an excuse for violence um, on the field. And we're taught that Honestly, there's a lot of messaging. Well, that's just how it is. And it's kind of cool. It, there's this coolness about it. You know, oh, look, there's the big fight on the baseball field, or, and people get all excited about it. And so I think it's something that we've kind of been taught is 
how it should be or it's okay. And personally, I don't believe so. I think what you said is correct. It's not an excuse for, for violence. Absolutely. I, you know, and here's the thing. I'm a big hockey fan, too. And, you know, the the running joke is, you know, I went to a boxing match and a hockey game broke out. You know, it, it's it's expected. <laughs> <Right>. It's almost <laughs> it's right. almost become expected in certain sports. You know, that's part of the sport yeah. is jamming the guy up against the glass and, you know, pounding on his face and throwing down gloves. You know, that's that's part of that sport. And I just don't understand how we don't see how incorrect that messaging is for our kids. You know, right. be good at and, the sport. Yeah. Don't be good at beating people up. Right. It's more about let's be good team members. And, right. You know, things that may, maybe happen, but let's learn how to, you know, deal with that in a, you know, in a less violent way. Because then, honestly, we're getting taught that that's how we deal with things when we get, you know, pissed off by people. We beat right. them up. <laughs> 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 and I'm sorry, you know, it's like it's maybe, true. you know, people say, well, that just stays on the sports field, but I don't think that's true. No, I it can't. That, yeah, right. And you, you know how you know that's not line. true, Karen? Because my son would be the one who would rush the field to drag the guys off. That's right. how you know that's not true. It's the way yeah. you raise your children. It's the expectations and the attitudes and the beliefs that you raise your children with that's going to determine whether they're throwing punches or they're dragging guys mm -hmm. away from the fight. Right. I know, and it starts from an early age. You know, we're talking about, you know, doing soccer with our daughter, but we're honestly, you know, you go to these soccer games with these little six-year-old girls and there's parents on the sideline screaming and just, I mean, it starts from an early age and and it mm. creates this, you know, sense of just win at all costs versus, um, you know, enjoying yeah. the game and also, you know, that sports, that sports personship that I think has kind of been lost. And as you said, you're right. Uh, we expect that when we go to a game, a lot of people would be disappointed if that didn't happen. <laughs> You know, at the, yes. at the hockey game. Oh, that was not a very good game because no one got beaten up. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You know, they, they draft people for those sports not because they can play, but because they can punch. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, I just don't even, I don't even understand it. And my husband's justification yeah. was, well, getting punched through a, a chest plate or getting punched with all that gear on is, is kind of benign. Mm, I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it might not injure you as much, but the action itself is still the same. True story. And, you know, it, it, yeah. So anyway, and the desire I guess to you'll want have to agree to, do to it disagree with your husband. <laughs> yeah, I do that quite often. I'm like, you know what, baby? To your point, you better be careful when you walk through that door from work, because I may just club you in the head with a frying pan. You know, emotions run wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i wouldn't really oh my god i'm gonna get hate mail ladies and gentlemen i'm not really gonna hit my husband in the head with a frying pan he's too cute i wouldn't want to ruin his face but that being said we i i love the first part of the show because i just love to get this like flow of conversation going um we're gonna go to a break in like 30 seconds but 
I'm really, really excited to have you on the show today, Karen, because I can't wait to talk to everybody about this this amazing um, process that you've created, this passion shift process, because it's so true that our beliefs determine our path in life and how we think we're supposed to parent and how we think we're supposed to live our lives and treat our careers and all that other stuff. So I'm really, really thrilled to... Um, to bring this passion shift to our audience and talk to you about that. And I also want to let people know that they can connect with you on Facebook too. Uh, it's the working mom on Facebook. Is that your page? Uh, uh, right. It's the e working mom. Great. When we come back, we're going to yeah. talk to Karen about her passion shift. Stay tuned. Thanks, Karen. Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. To start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She's a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the Woohoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smart strategies and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am being joined today by an amazing guest, Karen Steele, who is a, among other things, a mom, an entrepreneur, and the founder of The Passion Shift. Um, so, Karen, this is something that you started or that you realized that you wanted to start back in 2008 when you had your first child, right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, what happened? Oh, like, <laughs> uh, No, I was just going to have you tell us, like... 
you know, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. It's, uh, it's kind of, yeah. There's a, uh, well, just, you know, it's a little bit of background of me. So growing up and into my 20s, I have to be honest, I didn't have the slightest twinge of maternal instinct. And, you know, I was never like what my, my five-year-old daughter right now, she can't get enough of baby dolls. She she sees a baby, she goes all goo-goo-gaga over it. And, you know, I remember my childhood friend getting one of those baby alives for Christmas when I was a kid, and I just thought it was like the most ridiculous toy. I thought, why would you want to take care of something that just cried and pooped its pants all the time? And uh, <laughs> I, mean, I that's still what think I honestly that. Thought. <laughs> And I never thought that I would become a parent. I honestly mm-hmm. never had, you know, I wasn't that woman or girl that dreamed of that. And anyway, fast forward into my early 30s, and then I met my husband. And, you know, whether it was him or my biological clock starting to tick, but my maternal instinct just suddenly kicked in full drive. And, you know, that urge to have a baby, which many women feel, it just became this all-consuming thing. Um, yeah. And so we got pregnant. And the whole time that I was pregnant, I was terrified that I would just be a terrible mom because I, you know, and I wouldn't love my child enough because of this history of just like not having any maternal instinct. And so after what seemed like the absolute longest labor in history, which I'm sure all moms <laughs> feel the same way, but <laughs> you know, I was my in, kids flew I, out. I, so no. <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, no, I was not one of those. I know I had a friend who was pregnant at the same time, and, you know, her first baby, and it just, yeah, you know, five hours. Like, oh, she could hardly get to the hospital on time. So anyway, uh, mine was something like 72 hours. It oh, my gosh. For my daughter. To, I know it was ridiculous, but anyway, it was worth it. And uh, And so anyway, you know, there was this moment, that after all of that, I finally had my daughter handed to me. And I would say that's the exact moment that my own personal passion shift happened, was that that first moment that I held her in my arms for that first time. And I have to say, everything that I knew in my life or what I'd thought about life at that moment changed. And I knew that it would never, ever be the same again. And, and, And so that's where I kind of came up with the concept of the passion shift, And so that was in 2008, and I had this, um, you know, we were living a pretty nice life at the time. You know, we had, we just bought our first house. We were in the, you know, San Francisco area, had good jobs. And and suddenly, during that economic crisis, my husband suddenly lost his job. And Mm. I'd been lucky with my work where, you know, I'd been able to go part-time with having my daughter, and they were very supportive, but... Suddenly, I was faced with this moment where I had to go back to full-time work, and I have to say, every, you know, every part of me just rebelled against that. About rebelled against wanting to leave my daughter for you know 50 plus hours a week and have little flexibility to be there when I wanted for her. So it all culminated with just one day me announcing, "Well, let's start a business." I honestly still to this day have no idea where that came from because I never imagined that I could or had what it took to be a business owner. That's what someone else did. And so we ended up starting a business together, my husband and I, and then within a year or so of that, I realized it wasn't exactly the business I wanted to do. 
and and that's where I developed the passion shift because I've always had this desire to empower women, and so then my experience with becoming a mom kind of combined with that to develop the passion shift. So I left my very capable husband with our other business, and uh, and started this. So that's kind of the little background of that. Wow. And did you know when you were experiencing it that that's what you were going through, this passion shift? Or was that kind of something that when you look back on that experience, you go, oh, that's what that was? Yeah, I think uh, I knew something was happening. I, You know, it's like I, I loved my work. I've, I worked for nonprofits. So... It, it, was, it wasn't like I wasn't doing mission-driven work that had a big purpose. Right. Uh, it, it, and, and I really, and I think this happens to a lot of women. It's like I've been building that career for, a, for a, a, you know, for quite a while, and I really liked it. And then suddenly I became a mom, and, and I started to feel this resentment about my work taking me away from my child so much. And so the, the, the passion that I had for my work started to shift and Uh, you know because I had this big great passion in my life being a mom that was this whole new thing and so it's like my passion kind of shifted from my career and my work which I still liked I just wanted it to be different uh, Mm -hmm. structured differently and so I had this new great passion that I had to fit into my life and it was the priority and yeah, it's so, it's almost like you know when we when we do it the way you did it when we go career first, it's mm-hmm. almost like that's our first baby. You know, yeah, we we exactly. we labor over it, we birth it, we you know we grow it, and that's our first baby. And then we have this other baby that comes into our life and it's almost like we have to choose between our children and that can Mm -hmm. be really, really hard for a lot of women. And, you know, I think that that's something that when we say, when we talk about the differences between moms and dads, I think that's one thing that, um, you know, my husband experienced a shift when our first son was born and it was visible. I mean, it was this, you know, he was this tough guy who didn't even know if he wanted kids Like he used to tell me all the time, I don't even know if I want kids. That's a lot of commitment. You know, that's Uh like saying, I really want to be with you for the rest of my life. You know, if we bring a kid into the world and then once, (laughs) you know, yeah, he's an awesome guy. I really do. I pick on him, but um, but then when he held his son for the first time, it Mm. was like you could see the emotional shift in him. You know, he was really dedicated to the, to the raising and loving of this little human being that he helped to create. So, you know, I can totally see how that would happen in a moment. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah, I think for some moms it happens in that moment. Sometimes it, you know, it's more of a gradual thing where it kind of happens, but that we don't realize it's happening. And, you know, maybe we continue trying to juggle all of this busy career with the child bringing up our kids and and then you know for some women it could be a few years down the track they're suddenly just like I can't do this anymore this Mm -hmm. is I just you know I'm missing out on too much of my kids lives I'm so overwhelmed I'm unhappy I'm feeling unfulfilled and you know something has to give and so yeah I think it happens differently for you know different women and depending on our life and what's going on. 
Oh, sure. And I think that a lot of it for me personally had to do with the understanding of my purpose and knowing that the work that I was doing was in, it was a journey in fulfilling my purpose. And although raising my children is important and vital, it's not my purpose. So that's what I struggled with. You know, it's like, I know that I want to be with these kids more than anything in my life. But if I dedicate my life right now to raising my children, which is what I really want to do, am I abandoning my purpose? Right. That's a, well, that's a great question. Yeah. And I think that's a big, it's like, yeah, it's a struggle. It's like this push and pull in different directions. And, and then, you know, as you talked about, a lot of women have maybe spent a lot of time and possibly a lot of money on education and training to get their career to where it is. And then the question is, how can I leave this behind? Or how can I, you know, maybe step back from this? I've put my whole life energy up to this moment in, in here, even though I'm not feeling happy or I know something needs to change. I, I, you know, how do I let this go at some level? And plus our identity, that's one Mm -hmm. of the big things too. Our identity has often been very uh, wrapped around our career. And you know that classic, we meet someone, so what do you do? That's what we get asked and it's always around what we do for work. And then suddenly we become a mom and we have this whole new identity. So how do we fit that into, you know, how does it all fit together? And society tells us today not not 50 years ago today society mm-hmm. tells us that if you are a successful woman it's because of your career if you mm-hmm. walk into exactly. a dinner party and say i'm a stay at home mom yeah. people right. almost go oh i'm sorry or oh you didn't go to school <laughs> I, I know right it's it's that i think you've hit a big nail on the head you know it's this it's this whole perception that you know, of that whole, you know, women can have it all. You you know, to be the great woman, you have to have the super career, be the super mom, uh, you know, look great all the time, do all these things and and just be able to handle it and not complain ever and just talk about how, you know, easy your life or great and all these things you're doing when for a lot of women, it's not really how they feel inside. Exactly. When it comes down to it, they're struggling, but they don't feel like uh, they feel like they'll they'll be a failure or be considered that they're weak or not. They can't handle it if they share that. You know, this really yeah. isn't working for me. It's true, and then we get that that mommy guilt put on us because you know we really do want to be home with our kids, but we don't want to be perceived as lazy. It's crazy. Right. We have about oh, yeah. thirty seconds before we go to our break, but I want to make sure that if anybody want, has a question for Karen or wants to contribute to this conversation at all, um, our number to call in is eight seven seven eight six four four eight. Six nine, and we're going to be going to break. But when we come back, Karen, you talk about the rules that we need to change in our lives as women and moms so we can start living a life that we truly love versus what we think we should, which is what we just talked about before the break. So when we come back, we're going to be talking about those rules when we come right back to this break. Stay tuned. 
Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. To start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better, forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am being joined by Karen Steele, who is the founder of The Passion Shift. And before the break, Karen, we were talking about um, a little bit about that mommy guilt, you know, how, you know, we give birth to these little people and we know that we want to spend time with them and we want know that we want to change the way we're living our life so that we can tend to them. Some of us, not all of us. If you don't have that mommy mm-hmm. guilt, I'm not putting mommy guilt on you. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but if you are one of those people that, you know, you're torn between this career that you've birthed and this human that you've birthed. How do you make that shift and be okay with it? And you talk about the the rules that we need to change in our lives to start living that life that we truly love. So tell us more about that. Right. Well, yeah, one thing I one thing that, you know, the the rules kind of create is um 
So, you know, you become a mom and you've had this life and this career and and then you have a baby. And often your life before baby was already busy. And so somewhere often for women, because most women are working before they become moms in some capacity, but Mm -hmm. around six weeks to three months after we become a mom, depending on who we work for and maternity leave and all that, if we even get it, we're expected to literally hand over our babies and go back to life as usual as though nothing has changed. So, you know, it's like we're meant to, you know, hand over babies, walk back into the office and kind of act like going through the office door makes us enter some magical land that we no longer are a mom or have problems. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. And, uh, and it's, and that's, that's, you know, what these rules create, and we follow them. And so, you know, whether we're aware or not, we all have rules that we live by, and often they're unconscious. Like, we don't even know that they're driving our life. And, you know, it's kind of around, you know, a lot of it is limiting beliefs that we've been taught by our own families growing up or our careers or our education, the media, or even our friends and the social circles that we move in. And some of these examples are... Some things such as, I should be able to balance work and home better. I should be able to live up to other people's expectations of me. I should be a better wife, mom, sister, or employee. I should be able to handle it all. And, you know, a big one for a lot of women is, I should just be happy with my life. And so they start to feel guilty if they're not. It's like, well, I have my baby and my You know, it's like, I should just be happy. And there's something wrong with me because I'm not. And people will tell you that too. Well, you should just be happy. Look how great your life is. And it's not that you don't have gratitude for your life and how you know and the great things about it, but it, there's still the reality that something's not working and you're feeling stressed, overwhelmed, guilty, and that doesn't feel good. And right. and I, you know, a lot of women have these you know rules that they should just be better at everything that they do and you know what's wrong with me that I can't handle it and so it's about becoming aware of what are these things we're telling ourselves uh, that we might not even be aware of that we've been taught or we've just decided because we've read the you know book about super moms (laughs) and we're like (laughs) right it's like, uh, where's that book? Oh my gosh. The the whole soccer mom, the soccer mom started it, uh, you know, with their minivans and their healthy packed lunches and all that. I don't even know what to say about that. But the, I remember when, when I was growing up, there were a lot more moms that were home with their kids than were working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there just were, you know, and mm-hmm. it's that dynamic has shifted. Yeah. 99%. Oh, yeah. It's and it's most just women need to work. Most moms need to work for their financial security of their family. I mean, that's changed. Yeah. Do you and think it so has for a lot of moms that? Yeah. Uh, or do you think I our think expectations so. have? No, they've definitely done some studies where, uh, well, you know, it's. You know, it could be, it's probably very complicated things, but it's something like, you know, nearly 50% of women now are the primary breadwinner in their family. 
Mm-hmm. And so h- how that's come about is, yes, open to, you know, there's probably various reasons um, that, you know, who knows, but that's a reality. And and there's also a lot, There's a, I think there's more single moms out there. I come across a lot of moms for various reasons that are also carrying solely the financial burden of their family for various reasons. And so I think there's a there is a lot more uh pressure now on women to provide the financial security for their family. And you know, I also think that there's that idea that if you don't go out and work and keep your career then you failed. Um in right. some way because you can't You're not handle contributing. It. You're not contributing to the family if you're not working. Right. I love that attitude. Yeah. Oh, please. <laughs> right. And I I I honestly, I see that in some people in my life, and I'm just shocked by it. Mm-hmm. That these women, and they, and they, they feel that, you know, that they're not contributing enough because they're just at home with their three kids. And it, it's, I just think that concept. If you, if you have the freedom to be home with your children, and it's what you want to do then you should feel great that about that. And Absolutely. that's your choice and that's what you, you choose and it's a it's a great purpose to have in life if that's your you know, what you want to do and mom women have to stop, you know, feeling like that it's not. That they need to be doing something else even if they don't want to. So how can we help moms to shift this mindset from this I yeah. should mommy guilt to this is what you love, do it. Right, yeah. Well, I think it's uh, it's about, um, well, I think there's a couple of things. One thing I see as, as women, uh, I think the big thing is that we really need to start talking about this more. Uh, it needs to it needs to come out of the closet. <laughs> I, right. I really think that it's a hidden, it's something that we keep hidden because we feel like that, you know, if we if we honestly can't be the Marissa Mayer, you know, the Yahoo woman of the world, where we're the CEO of a Fortune 500, we're a mom, we're doing it all, and we're just great at it. If we if we can't be like that, we we feel like a failure. And the reality is that most moms, a lot of moms, that would not work out for them, or they wouldn't enjoy it. It's just not what they want to do, and that's okay. And so I think we have to stop hiding our struggles and pretending that everything's just great and that we're these, you know, that our lives, we can handle it all. Because I think by, and that, you know, working these long hours and, you know, in flexible jobs uh, works just great for us. <laughs> because it's, 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 it's not. And, you know, I have to tell you, Karen, I think that a lot of the conversation has turned to the level of judgment that women place on one another. And I think that this is the biggest culprit because here's the thing. If I feel like I'm failing in any way, I'm going to Uh look at, look for that person who's failing more than me and totally point that out. Cause that's going to make me look so much better. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. And you know, it's really interesting because you say that because I was reading this post um, a couple of days ago on this mom blog like forum and this woman had posted something around you know 
she had had to leave work early because her daughter in the first week of school was having severe I guess she had like anxiety disorder and was having some severe issues with it and her co-worker who was younger without kids was very upset about that and you know told upper management and said you know all this so she's like what should I do and what surprised me was that 95% I have to say of the responses and there are a lot on this forum were judgmental and critical and often you know, leveling on inappropriate towards this mom. Yeah. And I just, I, I was like, why do we, do, why are we doing this? Why are we not sharing uh, some useful advice and supporting her and saying, we know what that must feel like. That must be really challenging for you to know your daughter's having these issues and needs you, but you have this commitment at work and, and how to work all that out. And instead, we, we just judge. Well, you should just be able to handle it. You know, you should take better care of your daughter or all these things. I was just shocked. Mm-hmm. And so right. I think Maybe you, if you didn't baby her so much, she wouldn't be. Yeah, right. I can just hear it because I'm so, I know exactly what you're talking about. We have become vipers. Right. We truly have. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, you know, if, if I'm not going to be 100% successful at it, neither are you, sister. <laughs> Right. I mean, it is. It's just a way of making ourselves feel better about, you know, what we're doing and our, you know, things that aren't going. You're right. That I mean, that's what it is. And 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 I guess that's I, that would be the other big thing that needs to shift. So if that shifts, if we create more compassion, because women naturally, we we do have. I mean, a, a, we naturally, if we tap into it, have a big sense of compassion and empathy. And we can be mm-hmm. very collaborative and supporting um, people. And we just need to tap back into that. And, you know, when we see another mom struggling with this push and pull of the work and the family, to reach out to her, to let her know how hard it is. You know, we know how hard it is. And, and because when we have people do that, it's amazing how much lighter the burden can feel if we have that support and that, you know, empathy so true. from others. And it- and it does go back to that whole, it takes a village to raise a child. And I think the most important piece of that, Karen, is we have to first be okay with what we're doing and be okay with ourselves mm-hmm. before we can yeah. hold that mirror up to somebody else. And that's, right. you know, that's something that typically when you talk about that 95% that was attacking that woman, what they really right. were doing was attacking that fear and that, um, that mm-hmm. struggle that they suffer from within themselves. You know, like I feel like I don't have control over that. When we come back from this break, I want to talk to you about how we can get, um, we can embrace our passion shift and get our family on board with it too. That's really important when we come back. Yeah. Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. Are you ready? 
to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smarts, strategies, and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children, in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, everybody. We are wrapping up an awesome show with my guest today, Karen Steele, who is the founder of The Passion Shift. And um, Karen, before we get into the conversation, I want to make sure that we get you out there so that the listeners know where they can find you. Your website is karensteelcoach.com. And that is, you can find all of these links and stuff like that on the uh, Stop Raising Einstein homepage. So definitely go check that out. Um, and you're also on Facebook at the eWorking Mom. Um, yeah, with that that's right. E in there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I I really I know that you have some really cool stuff coming up, and I you offered to our listeners a free live training call, which you're doing on September 17th at mm-hmm. 5 p.m. Pacific time. Um, I really love that you're doing the five steps to stop feeling stuck, set yourself free of your shoulds, and redesign your life. I absolutely love that. And I really, really want to emphasize that, you know, something that we mentioned before the break when we were talking about the um, why moms have to work, you mentioned that a certain, you know, a lot of moms are actually the breadwinner now. So, you know, if you're a dad, because we have a lot of dads that listen to this show because we love daddies. Um, if you're a dad and you're, you know, having to make that choice to stay at home and raise your kids, this is something that completely applies to you too. There's no reason why you can't be raising your family and doing what you love at the same time. Absolutely mm-hmm. no reason why. And you don't have to subscribe to the traditional daddy roles of working. You know, if there's something that you've always dreamed of doing or there's something that you love to do, do that. And 
raise your family at the same time. And, you know, you can be successful. I'm doing it. You know, I'm doing what I love. I'm working with nonprofits. I'm speaking. I'm coaching. And I'm raising my my family. So, you know, it's you can you can be all things. You just have to love all things that you're doing. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You can. My husband and I both did it. You know, my husband lost his job, you know, corporate job. He'd been working hard for five years. The economy, you know, economy crashed. And, and, you know, he could have chosen to go back and look for another corporate job. Uh, but he didn't because it was, I mean, he was working 70, 80 hours a week traveling. And he was like, I am missing out on my daughter's life too. And and so that's kind of where we came up with a joint decision of what we wanted to do for our family, and that was for us starting a business. And it, it's not always easy to do these things. It wasn't a walk in the park to do that. There were challenges, but it's been totally worth it for us creating the life that we want. And And so I think that, yeah, women and men can both do it if that's what they really want to do. So what's the most important thing that we can start doing today to make that shift? Well, I think, uh, you know, when we first start to feel these things around our passion shift, we, we can kind of often try and ignore it or push it to the side. We might say, well, you know, why am I feeling like this? What's, there's something wrong with me. You know, why, why can't I just handle it? And, mm-hmm. and so the first step is to stop resisting it. And stop pretending that this isn't happening, you know, for us. And, and you know, to embrace it and to stop acting that once we have a child, life can go on as usual like it did before we had a child. Because no matter what we're doing, it's just not going to be how it is. It's going to change in so many ways depending on, you know, what your situation is. So I think the first step is giving ourselves permission that it's okay and it's natural to feel like this. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with you and you're absolutely not a failure or a bad mom or your value or worth as a person hasn't changed. So I think it's giving ourselves a break and right. letting ourselves feel that. <laughs> I mean, because we can be ourselves our own biggest, you know, critic. Oh, uh, Yeah. So, and you will get a lot of support on that criticism, too, if you ever try to put it out there. I'm just saying. Well, yeah. I'm, well, and I think that's, you know, a big one. Is, it's like if you're not feeling that, uh, if you are experiencing like the people around you or the people that you move in circles with really aren't supportive of how you're feeling or what you want to do, then it's going out and finding people that are because there are people out there that mm-hmm. will be, you know, that will support you and help you and mentor you or, you know, fr- new friends that have gone through the same thing. It's searching those, you know, people out to start building that community of people that really support you. Because that, especially for women, if we mm-hmm. want to take mm-hmm. risk and make change, that is one of the biggest things that gives us the confidence to do that. You know what the the best thing I ever did was? I heard... I heard another speaker say, you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with, right? Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. I sat down, right? It's, it's, and that's a really scary, I do that with my kids, by the way, and it's amazing. Their eyes just like pop open when they start thinking about that. <laughs> but, he, but when I started to look at the five people that I spent the most time with, I started to realize that many of them were helping me dig that hole deeper mm-hmm. instead of reaching down and pulling me out of it. So the next thing that I did was I started to seek out the people that were doing what I wanted to be doing, who Mm -hmm. were where I wanted to be in life. And I just introduced myself. Yeah. You know? I think that's a great, yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. You just have to go out there and introduce yourself and put yourself out there. I mean, it's like when my husband and I started our business, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that think that's crazy. What, you know, what are you thinking? And so then it's a decision to go out and find those other people that have done similar things and say, wow, what a great idea. And sure, here's some challenges, but this is how you can do it. And, mm-hmm. and I know that if I didn't have that, I would not, well, I would not have been able to start either of the businesses. I would, it would just, I would have, you know, listened to all these other naysayers and it gets to you and you start to believe it. And so Absolutely. You know, that's my whole that's my whole big fight against support groups for um things like bullying, putting kids in bullying mm. support groups or, you know, putting people in support groups for negative situations. Because the fact of the matter is if everyone who's surrounding you is as sad, depressed, angry, or lonely as you are, you're never going to get out mm-hmm. of that group. <laughs> right. Right. You, know? you want to find that group, yeah, that's gotten, you know, that's gotten through it and is on the other side and that can help you get through it too and is there to be kind of like your cheerleader. True story. Yep. Yeah. I think we need to start those kind of support groups. It's like 60-40, you know, that's 60%. That's a great percent. idea. Yeah. <laughs> Right, and then, you know, yeah, it's like everyone has their kind of cheerleader connection in the group. I mean, I think somewhere like AA does something like that, you know, mm-hmm. where they have, you know, the sponsor who's been through it and done it and helps the person get through it. So I could see that being a similar model for other things going on in our lives. Right. See, we yeah. can make a lot of money. This is why I do this show. It's an idea <laughs> for them. <laughs> <laughs> So, so here's the thing. So now I have this passion shift, Karen, and I know that I want to stay home with my kids and that this is what I'm meant to be doing for the next, what, seven years of my life. Okay. How do I convince my husband that this is a good idea? <laughs> well, I think that, that's a great question. I think it's a huge one. I think it's one of, you know, our family, our direct family, and that can sometimes include our kids depending on how old they are because, you know, women may decide, they're, you know, when their kid's seven or eight that they really feel like they, you know, like I've known women, their kids have become teenagers and started having some, you know, troubles. They've wanted to pull back on their career so they could spend more time with their kids because they felt like it was needed. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it depends on when it happens, but, uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's it's common. So the first thing is to realize that if if that feeling of wanting to change your life is scary for you, is to realize that it can also feel very scary for our family. 
Because, mm-hmm. you know, mom can often be like that glue that holds everything together in the family. You know, we keep things all good, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. And so if we want to change something about what we're doing or how we're doing it, there can be this fear in our family of, of you, know, this, you know, things are becoming unstable or we're going to come unstuck. And, mm-hmm. and it's realizing that. So then we can have, you know, we can, instead of approaching our family with anger of like, you don't support me, we can approach it more with this empathy of understanding, well, I need to make sure that I explain and clarify to them what my vision is. And, and so trying to start communicating about that. And the reality is, is that you're probably going to, depending on your family, but it will probably rock the boat at some level. And mm-hmm. that's okay, and you have to be okay with that too and be willing to, you know, move through that and deal with it. And, and it's, you know, it's about finding our own courage to tell ourselves that we're doing this because we think it's the best thing that we can do for our family right now. Because the truth is, is that our passion shift is often driven by our kids and wanting to be there more for them or spend more time with them. And so as moms, we're always trying to do what's best for our family. And it's feeling confident that we know that this is what we're doing it for this reason. Not because we're this selfish, you know, mom that doesn't care about our you know, kids and the impact, maybe sometimes we'll have to decrease our, you know, income for a while if we want to start a business or pull back on our career. And it's also knowing that our kids and family are resilient and they'll be okay. And and so I think it's being comfortable with being unco- with them being uncomfortable with a while. And also good communication of making sure we clearly give them a vision of what it is we're trying to do, why we're trying to do it, and how we think it's going to benefit the family. And keep mm. them in the loop of what we're doing uh, because then they'll, they'll feel less scared of what's going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. I could agree you know, more, and that's one of the big things that I always say is people are more willing to do what we're asking of them if they know why we're asking it. So, I mean, that's, exactly. that's awesome advice. Karen, I can't believe that we're out of time already. I mean, uh, thank you so much. I, I think everything that you've said today was so valuable and amazing, and I'm so glad that you could join me. And uh, I am really hoping that everybody takes advantage of the live training call that you're going to be doing on September 17th. Go to the website, and you'll get more information on Karen. Join us on our Facebook page. And until next week, keep playing, everybody. Please stop raising Einstein principles your own. Love unconditionally, give freely, laugh openly, learn daily, grow immensely. And of course, listen.